Hi, I'm Bob. And I'm Cheryl. Welcome to Digging Deeper, brought to you by California Unearthed. And this episode is going to be kind of a mini episode. I'm very intrigued. So today we're going to talk about a roadside attraction that sat in Dunnegan, California. And you're probably wondering, where is Dunnegan, California? Dunnegan is on Interstate 5, just north of Sacramento, where the 505 and I-5 meet. Mm-hmm. So it's where the 505 either ends or begins, depending on which way you're going. Right. <laughs> and it's a little place called Pantyhose Junction. It's not Petticoat Junction. <laughs> no. Not no, that TV just, show? Not the TV oh, okay. show. <laughs> no. And the funny thing about Pantyhose Junction, that was not the original name. Oh, okay. That name was given to the restaurant by the truckers who partaked in breakfast, lunch, and dinner there. And we'll get into that here in a moment. Okay. But first, I want to talk about the trucker culture and CB radios during the 1970s. Pantyhose Junction was started in 1973. And also, during the 1970s, trucker culture and CB radios were huge. Very, very big. CB radios were like the cell phones of today. Oh, yeah, most definitely. They weren't just for truckers. They were for the common man as well. Which my dad had a CB in his Ford pickup. Didn't you have one in the house too? Yes. When my dad became a trucker, he installed one in the house. So when he was coming in at night, because he worked different hours than my mother, they were at least able to say hello and good night. And that's how they conversed during the week. (laughs) And yes, my mother and I, we had CB names. So I'm really interested for some of you, if you remember back then, if your parents had a CB, did they have a CB name? Did you have a CB name? I'll tell you that my mom was Mrs. Trinity. I was Little Miss Trinity. That, those were our CB names. And that's when my dad called out, that's what he would call out to us. And I, I remember that. And some of the names could get really funny. So if you had one in the comments, please, I'd love to see, <laughs> see that. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because I wasn't going to share the story but i'll go ahead and share it my cousin chris and i one night we had a cb radio in the uh, house in fullerton and my grandmother didn't know about it (laughs) we were down in the garage there was a two-story house in the back one-story house in the front so we were down the garage one night and uh, we were playing on the cb radio and i was probably i don't know six seven maybe eight years old probably seven years old and chris's handle was california kid And mine was Fullerton Fox. <laughs> Looking back on it now. Oh, that's funny. The handle of Fullerton <laughs> Fox at seven years old. I probably sounded like a chick. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> But uh, we got a hold of some guy and we were talking to him and uh, he was kind of driving around the neighborhood and uh, we decided, well, we're going to have a little fun with this guy. And so we, we told him a few things and we decided, well, we'll get him to you know drive down Lois Lane, see what kind of car he's driving. Well, sure enough, he comes driving down Lois Lane and we run to the, the garage door, which were barn doors. Oh, mm-hmm. sliding barn doors and sure enough we run to the garage door I smack that door so hard <laughs> <laughs> luckily he didn't hear it but uh, Chris and I are like oh no <laughs> he heard us <laughs> and so he was, he was kind of looking for us for the rest of the night <laughs> 
Also, I remember an episode on that 70s show, again, back in the 70s, where the guys get a CB and they start talking to these chicks. <laughs> they decide to go and meet them somewhere. But then the guys are waiting and they chicken out because they're thinking these girls are probably going to be not very good looking. And so they leave and one of the guys stay behind. And when the girls come up, they're like drop dead gorgeous. <laughs> But again, here you go. That 70 shows, the CBs, that was the culture. Yeah. So one more quick story. Like I said, my grandmother did not like the CB radio. And this is part of the reason why. The way the story goes that she has told all of us grandkids was that my cousin Corey met his wife, Michelle, (laughs) on the CB radio. (laughs) And I'm sure that happened a lot. Now, I don't know how accurate that story is. (laughs) I've never asked Corey or Michelle about it. But as far as as, uh, as the story goes, yeah, Corey met Michelle on the CB radio, and they ended up getting married at a very young age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. And no. so she didn't like CB radios. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but you had made a point that the CBs were definitely the cell phone of, of the day. Yes, they were. They most definitely, definitely were. The only problem with CB radios was the distance of them. Yes. You couldn't go too far without losing signal. Unless, I think some of them put like a longer antenna. Yeah. I know my dad did, so he right. could reach a little bit more to, you know, contact my mom. Right. In the household, a lot of people use them, you know, for communication purposes, talk to the neighbors or talk to people going by, you know, told strangers. It was a different, uh, very different culture back then. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Along with that culture, trucking and CB radios immerse itself into popular culture through movies, music, TV shows, and merchandise. Mm -hmm. All us little boys in the 70s had a 18-wheeler toy, Mm -hmm. coloring book. Right. You name it, it was out there. And I said coloring book because I myself had a CB radio coloring book. (laughs) It was called Breaker Breaker. And I actually just found one on eBay (laughs) in almost new condition, it says. Wow. I have a hard time believing that since it's almost 50 years old. Right. (laughs) It was uh, 1975. But what I remember about that comic book, it was one of my favorite. I'll never forget it. But in the book itself also had CB slang. (laughs) It gave you the code, the 10 code, like, you know, what's your 20, 10, (laughs) 4. Breaker, breaker, good buddy. It had it all. It was great. (laughs) But like I said, trucking and CBs also took place in the media of the time. Movies. What's the movie you can think of right off the top of your head that has to do with trucking and CB radios? Smokey and the Bandit. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) I think everybody was going to say Smokey and the Bandit. But there's some other ones out there as well. There's a movie called Convoy, Mm -hmm. which was a spinoff movie of a popular song during the time from C.W. McCall. Absolutely loved that song. That song was a huge hit. Huge. In the 70s. Yes. Massive hit. Another movie was uh, Dune Mm -hmm. with Dennis Hopper. I remember watching that one. (laughs) 
And what's funny about that movie is a few years later, not very long, it's still the late 70s is when I saw this, there's an episode of The Incredible Hulk where there's a scene that they took from Dune and placed into the TV show. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. It was a truck barreling down on the car. And I was watching that episode going, I recognize that truck. I recognize this scene. Who couldn't recognize that truck? That was a creepy truck. Right. (laughs) So they just took the scene from Dune and put it into (laughs) The Incredible Hulk. It was insane. I'm like, what the? (laughs) So music-wise, like I said, C.W. McCall was the big one. He had... Convoy. He had a convoy, a convoy sequel, which was pretty cool. Wasn't there a song called Teddy Bear? I was just going to mention that. Yeah. yeah. There's also a song called Teddy Bear. If you want to cry your eyes yes. out, <laughs> go look it up. <laughs> you will cry. <laughs> And I'm trying to think who that was that did Teddy Bear. Uh, look that up real quick so we can give the audience the uh, the artist on that. But he also did more than just Teddy Bear. He did a few other songs that had to do with trucking as well. He was kind of another C.W. McCall artist. Red Sovine. Ah, that's it. That's it. Yep. Yeah, so look up Convoy if you've never heard it before by C.W. McCall and then look up Teddy Bear by Red Savine and like I said both of them have multiple songs on trucking and CB radios Mm -hmm. TV shows Um, I can't remember the name but I remember a trucker that had an orangutan BJ and the Bear BJ and the Bear that's it (laughs) yep I absolutely loved that show I never missed an episode And what's funny about that show is the theme song, I can hear it in my head right now, was sang by the lead actor. Hmm. And a lot of shows back then did that. Like the Fall Guy, Lee Majors sang the theme song to yeah, the Fall Yeah, you're right. Guy. I never really put two and two together, but yeah, yeah you are right. But well, other shows, Dukes of Hazard, mm-hmm. classic. Lobo, I don't know if you ever remember seeing that show. I remember the name. Maybe if I saw a clip, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm sure I watched it. Yeah. I think, and somebody out there, correct me. I know Lobo, I think, was a spinoff of another show. And I can't think of that other show. Maybe it was BJ and the Bear, but I don't know right off the top of my head. But I know Lobo was kind of a spinoff from that. But pretty much a lot of one hour. TV shows during the late 70s, mid to late 70s, had some sort of CB or trucker theme to them. Yeah. Even Chips. Yeah. Obviously, California Highway Patrol. Right. You're going to deal with trucking, CBs. Right. But pretty much a lot of them had to do with it. The trucking industry, I looked into the history of truck stops, and there's so much information out there. That'd be a whole nother podcast in itself, and it would definitely be a one-hour podcast. There is a ton of information out there on the history of truck stops. Oh, I bet. So we're going to go ahead and talk about Pantyhose Junction. Okay. <laughs> I still keep hearing Petticoat Junction. <laughs> Well, as I move along here, you're going to understand why it was called that. Okay. But before we get into Pantyhose Junction, I want to talk about another restaurant that was in Dunnigan. It was a mile up the road. Mm-hmm. And it was called Bill and Kathy's. It was started in 1946, and it closed in 2011 after 46 years in business. It was started at the Chevron station there in Dunnigan. They were serving sandwiches. Mm. 
And then it blossomed into a full restaurant. I don't know the whole history of it. I believe in 1970, they had built a new restaurant, new building. Which I remember going there several times with mom and dad when we were traveling to come up to Trinity County. So we stopped there many a times at Bill and Kathy's. Yeah, I heard it was, I've never stopped there. I never went there. I went to Panty Hills Junction a couple of times, but I never went to Bill and Kathy's. But from what I understood, it was very, very popular. Mm -hmm. That will come back into play here in a moment. But I just wanted to mention it, that Mm -hmm. that was about a mile up the road north of Panty Hills Junction. Okay. Pantyhose Junction is actually called Aladero Pantyhose Junction, was a roadside attraction greasy spoon restaurant that consisted of a 120-seat dining room complete with counters and booths for the truckers and general public to be able to eat at. Like I said, it was in Dunnigan, California, right off of I-5, and owned and operated by Alvin Mazzanti, who took it over in 1973. Alvin Peter Mazzanti was born on May 28. 1932 in Sacramento, California, to Italian immigrants Peter and Jean Mazzanti. He grew up in and around the Sacramento area and would then later enlist and serve our country in the U.S. Army. He worked as an owner and operator of restaurants for over 40 years. He learned the restaurant trade by watching his father, who owned Pietro's in Roseville, California. Pietro is another word for Peter. His dad's name was Peter. Sadly, we lost Alvin on April 1st of 2012 in Chico, California at 79 years of age. Wow. He is no longer with us. But he definitely left a legacy in Dunnigan, California for sure. Mm-hmm. So like I said, 1973 is when Mazzanti took over the restaurant. It was padlocked shut because the previous owner was a big corporation that went bankrupt and had to shut the place down. Okay. So Arco, which is Atlantic Richfield Company, if you guys didn't know that. And a quick side note on Arco. Like I said, Atlantic Richfield Company. Hmm. Richfield Oil Company was a huge oil company here in California back in the 20s and 30s. Oh, They're the ones that actually were going to set up a service station, a hotel, and restaurant all on the same property to serve automobile traffic and air traffic. Mm, Okay. They had towers set up throughout California, Oregon, and Washington with a beacon on top of them. And that beacon would be able to be seen by aircraft for up to 50 miles away. Wow. And each beacon was about 50 or so miles apart. And we actually have one up in Mount Shasta and in Willows. Those are the only two towers left standing. Wow. But the buildings, there's a lot of the buildings still standing throughout California, Oregon, and Washington from Mexico to the Canadian border. And I'm going to do a YouTube video on the history of Richfield Beacons. Okay. So look for that coming up. That is going to be a big video. (laughs) And if you look it up online, there's actually a Facebook group called Richfield Beacons. Mm. They have some of the most beautiful photographs of these beacons and of the buildings. Beautiful. So let's go back to Arco. They owned the whole place which consisted of the restaurant and a truck service. They offered Mazzani the lease. Mazzani stated, there is no way that one can succeed without the other. Hmm. 
So the restaurant wasn't going to succeed without the truck service. Right. Exactly. And the truck service wasn't going to succeed without the restaurant. Mm -hmm. So if you're getting your truck fixed, if the restaurant's not there, you have nowhere to go. Right. You have nothing to do. Yeah. Yeah. You have nothing to do. Exactly. Mazzani's first move was to hire back one of the old employees from the previous restaurant. Mm Mm-hmm. Smart move. Very smart. Because that employee knows the restaurant backwards and forwards. Mm -hmm. Mazzanti decided to give the truck stop a chance because he thought he knew what would make it succeed. And succeed it did for over 30 years. Mazzani stated in a newspaper article, I knew when I took over this place in 1973, it wouldn't work at all unless I got these guys talking about me on the CB radio. So that's what I went after, and it worked. I wanted the truckers to say nice things about us on the CB. I changed the whole menu to what I thought these guys would like. Bigger portions, everything on the menu, available 24 hours a day. Mazzanti even installed dialless telephones on the counter and on all the booths for the truckers to be able to call home collect wow that's a smart move oh yeah very smart move now here's where pantyhose junction gets its name okay (laughs) and real quick before i get into this a lot of these quotes that i'm giving you i got from newspaper articles from the sacramento b the actual first article i was able to find was in 1983 and then in 1988 and then in 1991 there's a couple more articles but they pretty much were the same article just with a couple of minor changes to them Mm -hmm. and then he started advertising in the Sacramento Bee in 1988. And here's a picture of actual advertisement. Oh, that's cute. So I will put a picture of the advertisement and a picture of the logo for Pantyhose Junction on my Instagram. It's California Unearthed on Instagram. You can go on there and see a picture of the logo and a picture of the advertisement from the newspaper. This is why it's called Pantyhose Junction. I had these uniforms made and the waitresses, well, my father always told me to hire pretty. <laughs> A group of personable, energetic, immaculately groomed waitresses whose short-skirted, ruffled uniforms inspired the drivers to ignore any official name of the place and dub it Pantyhose Junction. Okay. (laughs) So basically, the waitresses' uniforms were mini skirts with ruffled underwear that were poking out the bottom. Okay. And kind of a, it's been described as a French maid kind of look. And then, of course, they wore pantyhose. Right. So here's actually a picture of the girls here. Yeah, I mean, actually the skirts aren't really that short. And to be honest, I mean, they're not showing much of anything other than you can just slightly see a little bit of the ruffles of the underwear that they wore. Right. I mean, the girls at Hooters were less than that. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Nobody knows us any other way. So now I've decided to make it part of the official name. Aladero Pantyhose Junction. <laughs> They call us Pantyhose Junction from here to New York to Florida. A trucker told me one time he saw a mileage chart at a truck stop in Arizona. There we were, Pantyhose Junction, 1,036 miles. So as I said earlier, Pantyhose Junction was known throughout the country. Mm-hmm. 
As I was researching, I found a blog from a Southern Christian trucker Mm -hmm. who was coming through California. And he left San Francisco Bay Area and traveling up through Mm I-5. And he was looking for a place to eat. So he stopped at Pantyhose Junction and was shocked by what he saw. (laughs) And then he called home to his wife and said, you won't believe what I just saw and what they have at this restaurant. (laughs) I think he was a little shocked. shocked. Yeah, but again, I mean, you showed me a picture of the uniforms. The women were very covered up. I mean, they they did not show any cleavage. I mean, like I said, and the skirts weren't like really, 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 really short. So to be honest, it really, the uniforms weren't that bad. They were kind of short. They they went up about mid-butt. Yeah, but again, but you had that little ruffle thing going on. So it's not, and you had the pantyhose. So it's not like you're showing a lot of booty. Yeah. This Christian trucker then said that he went a mile up the road and saw Bill and Kathy's mm-hmm. and said, I should have stopped there instead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's get back to our story. The formula seemed to have worked. For their part, the waitresses from teenagers to retired age okay. usually made about $100 or more in tips each shift. Wow. And for Mr. Mazzani's part, he was to keep people coming in and have repeat customers, truckers and travelers alike. Mm-hmm. The success comes in part from making sure that the short-tailed uniforms and the women who wear them have a squeaky clean image. We want cute, not naughty. Mm-hmm. There you go. We bend over backwards to keep a wholesome image. For instance, we're very strict about a rule that no waitress can go out on the parking lot or leave here with a driver. Mm. This doesn't mean there is not a romance between the truckers and waitresses. This is why I lose most of my waitresses I've lost. They marry some trucker and go off to Oregon or Washington. (laughs) Well, I'm sure. I mean, you know, especially the younger ones and, you know, younger truckers. And, you know, they're coming through a lot at least twice a week. And you start building that relationship and friendship. And then one thing kind of leads to another. Yeah, definitely. For sure. And what's interesting about what he just said, that he's wanting to keep a wholesome image and the funny thing about that like you said there's short skirts ruffled underwear there's no cleavage or anything really Uh -uh. it's tame compared to like i said pooters or buffalo wild wings or whatever we have today right this is very controversial back then i actually saw two articles one in the fresno newspaper and one in the san francisco newspaper talking about lot lizards oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> and the lot lizard culture at truck stops. Mm-hmm. And sadly, Pantyhose Junction made that article. Oh. And I don't know if these guys actually came and visited Pantyhose Junction or just heard about it and assumed. Maybe. You know, you don't know. I'm not saying that lot lizards weren't a problem. They still are today. Right, right. It's just that Mazanti wasn't going for that kind of atmosphere. The one rule. Girls aren't allowed to go out on the lot. Yeah. Or leave here with a driver. Right. All Although some obviously got married and did. Right. It's just sad to see what he's trying to do and then what other people are trying to portray. Correct. Yes. I actually put a post out looking for information to research this subject and somebody on the comments said, oh yeah, Pantyhose Junction, that was a brothel. Wow. I don't know. I've been there a couple of times. I actually took my grandfather there on a trip from L.A. to here. (laughs) (laughs) He loved it. He thought it was great. 
Panty Hills Junction was truly a trucker's restaurant, but everyday travelers were just as welcome. If there are a few empty automobile parking spaces in the lot, that's fine. The truck lot usually is full, and there are plenty of customers who look like truckers perched in the booths and along the counters with their battered thermoses at their sides. <laughs> and that right there, battered thermoses. Thermistas, yep. On their, I can tell you right now, anytime I saw a truck during the 70s and 80s, they had that big old thermos. thermos yep, so did my dad. <laughs> It was like a rite of passage <laughs> yes. for them. And it was like that greenish color. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? They're actually, those were Stanley. And now all this whole crave of these Stanley cups that women go gaga over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, those thermoses were made by Stanley. They were. Yep, they were. Most definitely. Well, sadly, Pantyhose Junction closed its doors around 2001. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find the exact date, but I did find in somebody's blog that was about 2001. The last time I was there is when I was doing traffic control and traveling up and down I-5 on a weekly basis. And that was probably in 1993, 1994. And I flew by there, like I said, two times, three times a week. And I stopped once or twice right? uh, because I was two hours away from home. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't that far. Really no reason to stop there when I'm so close to home right? or so close to the Bay Area. But every now and then, and like I said, once or twice, I stopped there and uh, got something to drink, got something to eat, and w- woke myself up. Right. Because a lot of times, I'd be running on no sleep for 24 hours mm-hmm. to 30 hours. Couldn't quite make it back up to Reading. Yeah. So that was the story of Pantyhose Junction in Dunnigan, California. I think it was an amazing idea, and it worked, it worked. obviously. Yep. And to have the dialless phones on the counters and in the booths, these guys are probably you know missing home. Yep. Thousands missing, of miles away from home. Right. Thousands <laughs> of miles are missing their wives, missing their girlfriends, kids, and so they need to call home and say, "Hey, mm-hmm. it's thinking about you." Right. I think that was a, an extremely smart idea. Right. Smart. And so idea. do I. So do I. The only thing, I mean, this is once again the seventies, and they'd have the call collect but yeah is what it is is what it is yeah so i definitely have the utmost respect for truckers and what they do without them we wouldn't have food in the grocery stores we wouldn't have lumber in home depot lowe's Without truckers, life would be very, very difficult. Most definitely. They definitely... They feed America. Feed America. Yeah, they they do. (laughs) Not just feed, but they they, uh, make sure we have supplies that we need. Truckers build America. Yeah, there you go. Truckers build America. They do. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode of Digging Deeper. Like Cheryl said, put in the comments down below what was your CB handle. Yeah, I'm interested to hear some of them. Definitely go subscribe to California Unearthed on YouTube. Subscribe to Digging Deeper, the podcast. Go to the Instagram, California Unearthed. Like I said, I put a picture of the ad and a picture of the logo for Pantyhose Junction. Well, that's it for this episode of Digging Deeper, brought to you by California Unearthed. We'll see you guys on the flip side. Everyone have a good day. Over and out.